We've just been talking about over the last few weeks, what is real, what isn't? What is something that God said, maybe something that a well-intended person made you feel good? And what is something that maybe God never said and they were just trying to you know, encourage you? And, and so we've just been talking about that over the last few weeks. Some things sometimes people say, well-intended people say, that God never said, that God never said. And so you are familiar with Mother Teresa. You're familiar with Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, you know, how many of you just, just by show of hands, just so I know you're listening. Okay, good. Mother Teresa, you're aware of who she is. Just did an incredible work, incredible humanitarian. Achieved a Nobel Peace Prize, you know. Just took care of people that had HIV and AIDS. People that were, you know, had literally leprosy in, in India. That she, she cared for people. Started multiple, multiple organizations. She did an amazing work. You know, when you think about Mother Teresa, you think about you know, this incredible little lady who did an amazing thing, did some amazing things, loved people unconditionally, loved people the way that Jesus loved us. You think about Mother Teresa, you think about that. Now, Mother Teresa had, had a quote. You can go online and you can look at you know, different quotes that Mother Teresa had. Mother Teresa said this at one point. I know God won't give me anything I can't handle. I know God won't give me anything I can't handle. Now, when I think about Mother Teresa, I think, wow, she was really given a tremendous responsibility. But here's what I think, here's what I know that, the, that is contrary to the, to the scriptures, contrary to the word of God, is exactly what she's saying. And so if I had to title this sermon, it would be, Even Mother Teresa Said Something That God Never Said. Even Mother Teresa Said Something That God Never Said. And that's really what we're talking about today. We're talking about, there's times where maybe a well-intended person that said, says to you, Hey, I just want you to know that God, I know you're going through it. I know you're dealing with stuff. I know you have a heavy burden. I know you're working through maybe a relationship struggle or a health issue or a financial burden. I know you're working through some of these things, but I just want you to know that God won't ever give you more than you can handle. That is fake news. That's, that's not what God said. God never said that he would, he would give you more, or he wouldn't give you more than you can handle. So there's a couple things I think that when we talk about that statement, when we think about that statement, I think that what I found is, is that when people hear that or people have heard that before, there's a couple things. Number one is it discourages, not encourages. I think it discourages, not encourages. I, I did a, um, a funeral of a, of a young man uh, last week, 18-year-old um, young man in a terrible, tragic accident, and, um, and I was just m m trying to love on the family and care about the family, and one of the family members said, I, I, Pastor, I'm just trying to process this. I'm trying to understand this. I, and, and, and I said, I know, I know. I, I, it's hard to understand. I, I get it. I get it. And, and, then, and then she said to me, she goes, you know, I've heard, I've heard that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And I don't, it, that, and she was just trying to, and she goes, that can't be true, can it? And I said, no, it isn't. I said, sometimes God gives us more than we can handle, and we'll, tell, we'll, we'll look at why he does that. So sometimes it discourages and not encourages. If, if anybody's ever said that to you before, when you're going through a tough situation, don't you want to sometimes just punch him in the face? 
I mean, let's just get real for a second here. Like, don't you want to just, like, don't tell me, you know, I'm sitting in this hospital room. I'm dealing with this health issue. I got, a bad, I got bad news. I'm working through some things. Don't tell me, well-intended, meaningful person, that God doesn't give me more than I can handle. Because if it's me, if I'm just being real. If it's me, I want to punch him in the face. Don't you? Come on, let's be real for a second, right? right? Okay, it discourages more than it encourages. Number two, it tempts us to ignore our discomforts and pretend they're not there. It forces us to, you know, it tempts us to think that we need to just ignore our discomforts or push them down or, you know, suppress them and, and pretend that, they're, that hardships and difficulties and challenges aren't there at all. It causes people to ask, it causes us to ask a couple questions. Number one, if I'm supposed to handle this, then why can't I handle it? If God's saying I'm supposed to be able to handle this, then why is it, if we're honest, we all of us you know, go through a season or came are in a season or going to be in a season of your life where you're going to feel like I can't handle this and then you're going to wonder if this is what God says that he's not going to give me more than I can handle, then why can't I handle it? Why can't I handle it? Or they might ask this question. If we can handle anything that comes our way, then why do we need God at all? If he's going to put a situation or a circumstance in my life and, and I feel like this is just overwhelming to me, I feel like this is major distress in my life, I, when, why, why, if I'm supposed to handle it myself, then why do I even need now, here's where we sort of, you know, miscommunicated, um, you know, read or misquoted, um, because here's where this falsehood comes from. It comes from um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is the only place that we sort of comes close to what I think maybe some well-intended person, they probably just misquoted this. It says this. It says, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man, and God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Now, he's not talking about, you know, hardships. He's not talking about sufferings. He's not talking about things that come at us that we, you know, can't control and we can't. He's talking about temptation, that he will not give you, you will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide a way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. Now, here's what he's saying, simple, simply. Here's what he's saying. Temptation is a choice. Temptation is a choice. So we're not talking about, you know, necessarily sin. You know, we're not talking about, you know, urges and, 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 and desires and passions to be selfish. That's a choice. And, may, and this is another sermon for another day. But you have a choice when it comes to temptation. And your choices when it comes to temptation is to get out of the situation. That's your choice. You have an opportunity. You have, a, you have a ch- a ch- an opportunity. Now, this is, again, another sermon, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but like when it comes to temptation, you need to run away from it and not try to fight it. Because your flesh, what you have with, with our flesh, it's a losing battle. 
And so the best thing to do, and we learn this from like Joseph and, and many other situations in, in, in scripture, but we learn that the, that the best thing to do is just run, get out, run, and God will always give you an escape. When it comes to temptation, it's a choice. But when it comes to troubles, you don't have a choice, do you sometimes? You want to control it. You want it to be different. You wanted it to you know, be a different situation. But the reality is, is that many of us, and I know some of your stories, and I know what some of you are going through, I know that if you, you wouldn't choose this. This wasn't your choice. It just was put up on you. And what we see, what we see in Scripture is this. We see a lot of people, a lot of people in Scripture that are given more than they can handle. They're given more than they can handle. Noah, I mean, I've, ta I've talked about this a couple weeks ago, but Noah, God told Noah to build a boat because rain was coming, and Noah was like, what's rain? What's rain? And God's like, I want you to build a boat. And we went to this replica of the ark, you know, and a few weeks ago, and you should go. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have a, do a trip together. What do you think? And we'll, and we'll go, and, 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 we'll, and maybe we should, you know, look at and think. I'm, I was literally walking through this replica of the ark going, how did Noah and his family do this? This looks like a lot more than they could handle. And that's exactly what it was, more than they could handle. Abraham, Abraham, God, God came to Abraham and, hey, Abraham, I want you to go. And Abraham's like, where do you want me to go? And God's like, I'll tell you later, but just go. I'll tell you when you start going, but I want you to just go. And then a little while later, God came to Abraham after he had a son, his only son. And God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son. Yeah, yeah, I made a promise that through your seed that there would be a great nation. And then I was going to bless you and all the nations of the world would be blessed through your seed. But right now, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. Does that sound to you like more than Abraham could handle? Yeah. Joseph, I mean, we can go all day with this. Joseph, hey, Joseph was a favorite within his, within his family or with his dad, and, and his brothers were jealous of that, and so his brothers said, let's kill him because we're jealous of him. And so they decided, wait, maybe we don't kill him, but maybe we just make some money off of him. And so they had Joseph sold into slavery, and then Joseph was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, if I can get that out, by Potiphar's wife, and then placed into a prison dungeon for the primary years of his life, from the ages of 18 or 16 maybe, to the age of 30, he's in a dungeon. Does that sound like more than he can handle? Yeah. Um, hey, Mary, you're going to carry my son. Oh, I'm a virgin. I know. And you're gonna be, you're gonna bear my son. Now you're gonna carry, and you're gonna, you know, represent me. And you're gonna. And she was young, as a teenager. I mean, does that sound like something that Mary should be able to handle? Mm -mm. No. Even Jesus got to a place in his life where he's like, I don't know if I can handle. This. Even Jesus 
At the end, before he was going to be, you know, crucified and placed on a cross, he was in a garden called Gethsemane. And in this garden, look what he says. Look, look what he says here. In this garden, Matthew 26, 37. And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Now, this is, you know, he was grieved. These are, these are words that I want you to understand. Grief and distress. Then... Verse 38, then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Now, now, other uh, gospels say that he was so, he had so much anxiety that he was literally sweating blood. It was a, it's a, now it's a proven a scientific thing of, of somebody that goes through major grief and major anxiety and are, are just utterly distressed that he was sweating blood. And this is how he feels. And he says, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. Verse 39. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father... If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. God, here's, God, if there can be any other way, God, if there's any other way that, that I don't have to endure this pain and this anguish, if there's any other way that I can, you know, that, that, that sins of, of mankind can be you know, paid for, if there's any other way that I don't have to go through the agony of being crucified, suffocating on a cross, if there's any other way, Father, let this cup pass from me and then he comes around to something that I think all of us need to come around and he says this yet not as I will but as you will so why does God sometimes give us things that we can't handle why does God sometimes give us more than we can handle well I think a couple of reasons number one number one we need to come around, and I know this is hard, but we need to come around. It's his sovereign purposes over our will. It's his sovereign purposes over our will. In other words, God is sometimes, this is so hard, and I say this with all sympathy as you're going through stuff, that God sometimes chooses to do something that we can't control. That God sometimes chooses to do something that he chooses to do and it's out of our hands. It is not our will, it is his will. It is not our purposes, it is his purposes. And I know this is so hard for us to understand when you go through health issues and you experience loss and pain and anguish and suffering. But Jesus himself had to come around this idea that God had a greater purpose. This week I picked up my son um, from practice and, and he said, Dad, can you take me to my friend's house? That we're, um, he said, we you know, made a plan and we, you know, we're going to do this at, at his house and, and uh, we, you know, we need to do some, some things for school and, and we're going to do this and that. And I said, no. Are you shocked that a parent said no to his kid? Are you shocked? I hope not. And I said, no. And I, he said, well, why? I said, because, you know, you've been sick 
and you need some rest, and you need to recover, and we've got some other things, and I had some foresight into some of our schedule for the rest of the week, and I said, just isn't gonna happen. Now, he had no choice but to just go along with what his father said, and I didn't do it because I was mad at him. I didn't do it because he was irritating, which he can be often, But I did it because I knew what was best for him in that situation. I was only thinking for him and not against him. And here's what you need to know. That God and his sovereign purposes are always, always, always thinking for you. He is never against you. Never against you. But you know what this helps us do? Here's what this helps us do. It helps us to trust him. It helps us to trust him. It pushes us to to, to depend on him. It pushes us to just to trust him in in our lives. That's what this ultimately does. Now, I see this all the time when it comes to, you know, people and and in their their relationships and their walk with God. I see this all the time. You know, I'm not talking about any of you in this room, but I'm talking about, like, I'll text or call or try to say, hey, where are you? How's it going? You know, I haven't seen you in a while. You know, and then I won't hear anything from them. I won't hear anything from them. I won't hear anything from them. You know, I'll just want to check in and see how things are going. And then maybe like a month or maybe even months, months later, or even if a year later, I'll get a random text from the person that I was trying to reach out to and didn't hear anything from. And you know what I know whenever I get that random text from somebody that I haven't heard from in a while? I know that they're going through something challenging. Because this is what we do. When things are going well, we don't really need to depend on God. When our health is good, when our finances are good, when our you know, you know, situ- you know, d- challenges, our job, our careers, when those things are all good and all fine, guess what? We don't really need God, but here's what I've discovered. I've discovered, and you've probably discovered this too, whenever things get challenging, whenever things get tough, then they t- lean into God. Then they depend on God. Maybe, maybe, sometimes God allows you to go through something that you can't handle so that it helps you or it pushes you to trust him because that's ultimately where God wants us to be ultimately where God wants us to be is us to be completely dependent on him even when we're on the mountaintop even when things are going great even when things are going well God wants us to still depend on him because we still need him we still need him And so it pushes us to trust him. I even have friends that are not Christians, and they think that what I'm doing is is wacko. They think that I'm crazy. They think, like, I'm in a phase, you know, and I've been in this phase for, like, 20-some years. That's what they think. They literally say that. Like, when are you going to get out of this phase, you know, and come back and party with us? I'm like, you're 40. that, That needs to be done, you know? Like... And, and they think that I'm in a face, but here's what, here's, what, here's what happens, here's what happens. When things are, even, even non-Christians, even they're not, their Christianity or faith is not a priority to them, even when things go tough for them, you know what, what I hear? I hear from them. Hey, uh, Chris, uh, you mind praying for my marriage? Uh, Chris, my kids are 
you know, not doing great, can you? And, and I just want you to know, I am beyond happy to be able to do I am I'm beyond ecstatic to be able to, 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 to do that and to try to come in alongside of them and help them see that don't we all need to just trust him? And you're going to have seasons in your life where things are great. You're going to have seasons and times in your life, and you should celebrate those times, knowing that the only reason why maybe you have those right now is because God is so gracious to you. That God is just, just beyond kind and, and, and just is just allowing you to go through the season. But sometimes, sometimes there's seasons in our life that God brings us through, and we just have to always, always, always depend or trust in him. Always. Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul, a man of God, incredible man of God, just did amazing work for God. I mean, just you, I mean, you think about what Mother Teresa did. I mean, Paul, for Christianity, was, was a warrior for, for Christianity. It just planted churches, you know, led people to Christ, did just amazing things. Here's what Paul says in First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He says, for he writing this letter to this church in Corinth, his second, second letter, maybe even his third through history. But he said this in 2 Corinthians. He says, for we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, probably specifically Ephesus is what he's talking about, that we were burdened excessively. We were burdened excessively beyond our strength. That we were just overwhelmed, burdened excessively, excessively, beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Sound familiar? Sound like Jesus? Verse 9. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves. And then look what he says. So that, here's what he says. We learned to handle tough situations ourselves. No, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. But this is how we think. Like, this is what we think. We think, oh, oh, man, this is like, I'm beyond burden. This is too much. I'm carrying too much weight. And we think, well, I just need to learn to handle tough situations myself. I got I to gotta pick myself up by my bootstraps, you know, and I've got to like, you know, get, you know, be stronger, be mentally tougher, you know, and this is, uh, this is I think, maybe a, a man mindset sometimes, like, I just got to be able to just get through it and endure it and push through it, you know, that's not what he said. Look what he actually said. So that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God. Who raises the dead. He says, I don't want to just, I, we, God allowed me to go through this excessive, you know, distress. And I was just, can't, I don't know how I was going to be able to deal with it and work through it. And, and I think God did it. He says, I, I know that God did that so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. You see, we depend on God in our distress more than we depend on God in our success. We depend on God in our distress more than, we, than, than in our success. And God's going, listen, even in your success, you should depend on me. And not just in your distress, but in your success. But why? Because we all need him. Right? We all need him every single day. We need him. 
And here's another reason why sometimes God will give you more than you can handle. It's his strength in our weakness. It's his strength in our weakness. And it helps us to, here's what it pushes us to. So it's his strength in our weakness, and it helps us to testify of him. It helps us to testify of him. Here's what Paul said also in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Look what he says in verse 8. Concerning this, I implored the Lord. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about, we don't really know exactly what he's referring to. All we know is that he referred to it as a thorn in his flesh. Have you ever heard that statement before? You know, maybe even use it at, at, for, for situations like, this is just a thorn in my flesh, you know? And, and it could be maybe an addiction thing. It could be for you maybe a health issue that you just can't seem to overcome and it keeps re- reoccurring over and over and over again. Maybe it's a relationship struggle. You know, maybe your marriage just doesn't seem to can't get right on the right track. You know, who, who, it could be a lot of different, a financial burden. You just seem to be in, in over your head every Every single month, you can't seem to just get ahead this month. It could be a lot of things that we would consider to be a thorn in our flesh. And and Paul said, Paul said, concerning this, concerning this thorn, I implored the Lord three times. Now, this wasn't like, Lord, take this away, Lord, take this away, Lord, take this away, all in one sitting. No, this was three different seasons of Paul's life that Paul just got to a breaking point and said, God, can you just allow this to leave me? God, can you just take this away? God, this is hindering my walk with you. God, will you just allow this to go? And, and three different times in his life, he implored, he begged God to make this stop. Verse nine. And he had said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Not, okay, Paul, You've been, you've been great for me. You've done a lot of good things. You've done a lot of great work for the, for the kingdom of God, for the church. Okay, Paul, I'll, I'll, I'll remove this thorn from your life. And this goes back to last week when we, we think that we can sort of negotiate with God, right? Keep score. God, if I do this, then you'll do this. Remember this if you were here last week? If I do this, then God, you'll do this for me? But in so many words, in so many words, you know what God's answer to to Paul was? God's answer to Paul was, no. No. Paul, I know you're dealing with this thorn, and I know at times it's overwhelming, but I just want you to know I just want you to be reminded of that my grace is enough for you. For power is perfected in weakness. For power is perfected in weakness. And then he says, most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses so that, and here's what he could have said, so that, People feel horrible for me. 
I'm, okay, all right, so if I'm going to go through a difficult time, if I'm going to go through a tough time, I can't wait to post it on my social media account and letting people know how bad my life is so that everybody pours in and says, oh, I feel terrible. Why? I can't believe you're going through this. Listen, I know, I know, I know. Listen, that's not what Paul said. Paul wasn't looking for pity. Paul wasn't looking for anybody to feel sorry for him. Look what Paul says. So that the power of Christ may dwell in me. He says, I, I know. I, I wish it would go away. I wish it was, it got, this would leave me. I wish this would stop. I wish that my finances would improve. My health would improve. The, the, the news that I get from the doctors would get better. I wish, I, wish, I wish all of these things for you. I wish that I could just get over it or work through it or just be done with it. And God's going, no, I want you to know something, that my grace is enough for you. And then my power is perfected in your weakness. My power is perfected in your weakness. And when you're weak, that's when I'm strong, God says. When you're weak, that's when I'm, my power works in and through you. And it finally clicked for Paul. It finally, Paul's like, ah, that's it. And so he says in verse 10, he says, therefore, Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses. Come on, how many of us can say this? Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Woo! What if, oh, this is so hard, it's easier to say that God won't give you more than you can handle. It's so much easier to say that. It's more difficult for me to say to you that maybe God does give you more than you can handle. And the reason why sometimes God in seasons of your life gives you more than you can handle because it helps you to depend on him, but it also helps you to testify of him. That in your weakness, that in your struggles, that in your conflicts and in your, your, your difficult, in those moments, that that's when God is, strong, is, the, is strongest through you. Not when we think that we got it all together. Not when we think we got it all right. Not when we think that we can handle anything that comes our way. It's when we are weak. It's when we feel helpless is when God's strength prevails. And God will give you all the grace you need in any situation you face. God will give you all the grace. Every day God gives you grace. Every day God will give you grace. And that grace is all you need to get you through that day. That God won't give you, God will, will give you more than you can handle, but you can trust that God will give you grace. God will give you grace. And God will give you power in your weakness. Whew. So what if we, I don't know, 
We started getting honest. What if we started getting honest and say, I, I, can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't deal with it. I, it's too much. I, I, I don't know, you know, what if we started getting honest and saying, you know, I can, no, I, can, I can't fix this. I'm battling with this, this addiction. I'm, 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 I can't handle another, another word from a, from a doctor telling me that I, I don't have any more, you know, any more things that they can do. I, I can't work through another job to try to catch up in, in my finances. What if we just decided to just get honest about our weaknesses? Instead of doing what Christians are good at doing and saying, hey, how's it going, brother? I'm good. Praise God. God is good all the time. And all the time. Boy, you guys are really, this is really great participation right now. <laughs> but what if we started going, like, like, yeah, I, and I know this is not like an excuse or this is not an opportunity for us to just, you know, overwhelm and have our little pity parties. No, 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 no. This is just to say, you know what, I'm dealing with this. And this is overwhelming. I've got this struggle and I can't seem to work through it. And what if we just started to say, not I'm strong, I've got this, I'm, I'm good, I can handle this. What if we just started saying, you know what, I need you, God. I need you. And when Paul decided that he was going to boast in his weaknesses, he discovered that God was extremely beyond strong through him. That what if we decided to get honest and say, you know what? This is tough. This is hard, God. God, I can't do this. I need you. What would happen when we started getting honest with God and say, and God is going to go, great. That's exactly where I want you to be. Because that's when my power works through you. The third thing is, his saints praying for the overwhelmed is what God is looking for. The saints praying for the overwhelmed is what God is looking for. Because when sometimes we get more than we can handle, it helps us to be better together for him. When sometimes we get more than we can handle, it helps us to be better together for him. Going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and Paul's describing his situation, his circumstance, as he's going through some tough times. And he's saying, I'm, like, this was like more than I can handle. This was beyond, and it, and it taught me, it, it, it taught, taught me to just trust God, not in myself, but to trust God. Look what he says in verse 11. Look what he says in verse 11. He says, you also, look what he says. He's, so he's writing this letter to this church and he's telling them how, how, much, how, how much affliction he was going through, how much anguish he was feeling to the point of death. Like he was like, this, I thought that this was the end of my life. I thought this was over for me. Look what he says. He says, you also joining and helping us. He's talking to the church. 
He's writing this letter to, the, to people. He's saying, you also join in and helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. You know what God might want? I know, here's what, I, it's not might. I, here's what God wants for us as a church. God wants for us as a church to not just get honest about our weaknesses to God, but God wants us to get honest with our weaknesses to each other. That God's saying, listen, you know what? We know what's going to help you? You know what's going to help you get through those times where you feel like you just have more than you can handle? You know what's going to help you as you work through those times that you feel overwhelmed? It's going to help you. You're going to go to somebody. You're going to go to a brother and sister, and you're going to tell them what your weakness is, and and they're going to just begin to pray for you. Not just one person, but many persons, so that thanks can be given by many persons, so that when they're able to work through those times where they feel overwhelmed, they can go back to a group of people, maybe a church full of people and say, hey, I just want to thank you that the power of God was able to work through my weaknesses and I saw God work in an incredible way and I give all the glory to God, but I also want to thank you too for praying with me. Boy, we got to start looking at this and going, okay, I've got more than I can handle. I need to confess my weaknesses to God and then I need to tell people so that people can pray for me. Who who, who feels overwhelmed right now? Anybody? Anybody feel overwhelmed? You feel overwhelmed? Okay, me too. I, I do too. There's days I feel discouraged. There's days I feel like I can't get it right. There's days that I feel like I'm just, you know, trying to figure out what, what God wants to do and where, where God wants to go. And I, I, do, I do too. I feel, I feel overwhelmed. And we all feel overwhelmed. Can we pray together? Can we pray together? So if you feel that way, I don't even know how this is going to go, but I want to I just, just pray with you. I want to pray with you. So if you feel overwhelmed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to come on up and let's, let's pray together. What do, you, what do you think? You're like, what are you doing right now, Pastor Chris? This, and now you're going weird on me. No, this is what the church is supposed to do. We need to pray t- with each other. Come on, who's, who feels overwhelmed? Come on, come on. Who feels overwhelmed? Who, who needs some prayer? Come on up, come on up. Come on, let's, let's, let's see if we can hold lock hands together. Let's see if we can do that. Make room, make room, make room, make room. We got people coming. We got people coming. Awesome. Can, can you stand right now? If you mind standing with us so you can just pray over us? Th- thank you. And if you, there's time, I know, maybe you feel overwhelmed. There's time. Why don't you come on up? We'll make room for you. Because I know for us right here, right now, we feel overwhelmed. We feel like God has given us too much. And we're just right now, we're just going to trust him. And right now, we're just going to testify of his power and his grace in our life.
Father, we, um, we here standing in front here today are going through different circumstances and situations that we feel are just beyond what we can handle. God, we um, together, we stand together and we say that we're just, we just want to depend on you and trust you. Even when we're in distress and even when we're experiencing success, God, we're just depending and trusting in you. And God, we know that in our weakness, that in our weakness, that your grace is enough. That in our weakness, God, that your power is perfected in and through us, God. And God, that we are able to do only what we can do because of your strength, because of your power in the times of our, in, in our, in our difficult times that we experience. And God, as we come together as brothers and sisters, as we hold hands together as brothers and sisters, God, we need each other. We need the support and the encouragement from each other to help us get through each day as we're going through a season in our life that is just more, more than we can even handle. And maybe even for those that are, didn't make it up to the front, God, I just pray for them that are sitting out there in their seats right now. And I know that, Lord, they're, they're going through it and they're dealing with stuff, Lord, that they don't want to deal with and they don't want to have to work through. But God, I just pray, Lord, that they just depend on you and that they testify of your power and your strength of what you can do in and through them. And that they lean into your church, that they lean into people that wanna just encourage, that wanna just pray, that wanna just go to your presence, God, because you say that we can go boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. God, we need your grace every day. And you promise us your grace is sufficient. Thank you, God, for making your grace sufficient and available to every single one of us. Thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. If you need, listen to me, listen to me. If you need something, listen, we're going to have available, we're going to have some cards. We have some prayer cards available. Would you please fill out a prayer card before you leave? And would you fill that out just to let us know? And then we can try to get you hooked up with somebody that will just pray for you. If we can't get you hooked up, we will pray for you as a staff, Juan and I and Michael and Kim and Chris. We will pray with you. We will pray for you. Why? Because we believe that the prayers of God's people are effective. We believe that the prayers of God's people can accomplish much. You believe that? And that's what we need to do for each other. So we're going to just, we're going to rally around this. We're going to rally around something that the church is supposed to do. That God's people are people of prayer. That's what we are. We need each other. Don't go through this alone. I'm here to help you. There's many, many people here to help you. We have incredible men and women uh, in our church, leaders that will pray with you, that will spend time with you. We, we want to do that for you because that's what we all need because sometimes God gives you more than you can handle. And we need each other. We need each other. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. God bless you.